0: If you are a visitor here, we do apologize. It's very, 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 very rare for me to preempt the preaching of the Word of God, but we believe that this is vital, talking about the future of new hope. So we'll let you in on this here in a little bit. Who forgot that we were doing this today? All right, here we go. Jennifer's going to come and help me because there's lots of reading that we have to do uh, today to try to keep everybody on the same page, keep the integrity and the clarity of this ministry, what we believe God has called us and wants us to do here. Okay, so I believe that it's obvious now, the direction of our nation is going to take an absolute miracle for it to turn around. That can happen. It certainly can happen. But we'd be foolish to just stand around waiting for that to happen, so we need to do what all that we can do. And just the few laws that have been passed in the last month, to me, has been a warning shot over the church's bow. And the last one was kind of close, and I'm like, Lord, we've got to do something. So throughout our existence, which is 25 years here at New Hope, I would always say this. I don't have church membership. I don't believe it. If you want to love God, you want to come in here and help us do a work for God, you're welcome up until today, okay? I I have only two cards to play in this situation that I see the direction that America is going. One is membership, and we'll explain that to you here in a little bit. And two is to join a denomination, okay? And Many denominations are now bowing towards the government. So that is iffy. So here's what we're going to do. Acts says this, Acts 5.18. And they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. This has been going on forever. The struggle between the Lord, the Word of God, government, man, what man wants to do. So this is nothing new. But Acts 5.27 says this. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Again, the government, uh, the religious structure, that's saying to the people of God, the pastors in the church is saying, you can't preach in this way. Here's what they answered. Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Okay, so that's where we are. This is where we are, and I believe God is doing this. We should obey rollers. I'm not going to go out here and do 70 when I leave, make a right up 40. We should obey. I'm going to do the speed limit, but not when it comes contrary to the Word of God. Okay, so this is not about a certain sect of people or a certain situation. This is about freedom of religion for us to be able to do what God has called us to do. God's planted us here. He's blessed us with all this stuff. It is amazing what God has given us to further his name. And now we have to do what we can to attempt to protect this. So I'm officially, uh, officially today starting a church members- membership this morning out of necessity and protection for the ministry. And in order to do that, you need to know specifically what we're all about. It's nothing new. I haven't changed anything. I'm just doing it openly and publicly now. If we could bring up the web page, Facebook, not Facebook, the web page, right there on our home page, as long as we had it, it says, um, right there on the left, you can see, it says, Welcome Tenants of Faith Church Membership. That's been there forever it's been there forever you could have looked at it but what we're going to do now is we're going to go through them so that you hear them you see them this shouldn't be a huge deal to you Um, the only difference is this it's good and it's sad in one instance say that um, whoever Lenny and Teresa decide yes they want to be a member of this church well then they have to agree to the statement of faith that we believe this is what the word of god says dictates to us how we should live act and believe yes we believe that they sign that then they become a member that means then if their grandson on down the road wants to get married then he has the these facilities to use okay they're they're there for you if lenny says you know we want to have a birthday party for Our grandson that he can use these facilities. Um, Lenny and Teresa say you know we're with you we've always been with you and nothing's changed we love you I'm still going to be your secretary still going to be your usher and best friend but we're not going to sign. That's fine that's when when next Sunday comes or Monday or first day at work I still expect her to be there Still expect Lenny to be doing what he's always been doing but If he comes to me and says, you know, Jackson's turning 16, we'd like to have a birthday party, can we use the Fellowship Hall? I'm gonna have to say no, okay? And I think maybe you should know the reason why. Once we permit anybody outside the membership to use the facilities, then that sets a precedent and then anybody, no matter what they believe, what they think, uh, we want to rent your fellowship hall uh, for the fifth annual Nazi rally that we believe in. And uh, you laugh, uh, but that's, But then, then I'm done. I can't say, well, you're not, well, they say, well, you did it, we found out, and, and so this is the only avenue that we have. Outside of saying, okay, we're joining a denomination, and that's a little scary at the moment, but that That might come down to that also. So, we have at least, I think, 17 tenets of faith. Jennifer's going to do most of the reading. The the tenets of faith are very, very common to all of you. It it should be. The Scripture's inspired. It's the Word of God, like it or not. And That's a tenet of faith. We believe that. You don't play with the Word of God. So, stuff like that. But she's going to open up with our statement
1: Okay, so first let me introduce myself because there might be some people out there who don't know who I am. So my name is Jennifer King, and I work here at the church part-time as the administrator, just in case you're wondering why I'm up here giving this information. I'm most generally here on Fridays, so if anybody needs anything from me, Fridays I'm usually here if you call the office. So I do want to reiterate, like he said, that the church has always had these Majority of these policies, uh, the tenants of faith and the discipline policy that we'll go through, you'll see those. So, we have always had those. Uh, Just a couple changes just the formal membership changing and the restrictions on the rental of the facilities. So, the statement of faith, I'll read that and you'll notice on the screens it states the statement of faith does not exhaust the extent of our beliefs. The Bible itself, as the inspired and infallible Word of God that speaks with final authority concerning truth, morality, and the proper conduct of mankind, is the sole and final source of all that we believe. For purposes of New Hopeful Gospel Church's faith, doctrine, practice, policy, and discipline, our pastor and or his official designees is our New Hope's final interpretive authority on the Bible's meaning and application. So from there, we will go into the specifics, which we call the tenets of faith.
0: Okay, so you see, you can read that if you'd like to as we get ready to go through. Number one, again, is scriptures inspired. It's inspired, it is the word of God. We have uh, a couple scriptures. We have oodles of scriptures, but we're just gonna put up a couple, okay? And, and the reason for that is, I think we have like 17 of them. And if we take three minutes to explain each one that's like 51 minutes right there so it'd be 11:30 by time and we're not trying to rush it we believe this is important but i also believe you're not biblically ignorant and you understand a lot of this so there's the scriptures uh, that we believe for this cause also thank we god without ceasing because we when you receive the word of god which we heard of us you received it not as the word of men but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. <coughs> scriptural word of God. All this can be copied, given to you, even today if you desire. Um, so you don't have to try to like write this down. We'll just have it for you. All right, second one we could just go on is uh, the one true God. Maybe we'll just pop up one scripture instead of all the scriptures I was mentioning. Okay, and it just simply says, one true God has revealed himself as the eternal self-existent, I am. All right, so there's the scriptures that we use to make this statement. Why was this a tenant of faith to us? The deity of the Lord Jesus Christ is all God and man, but God whereas many the virgin birth sinless life his miracles all the work on the cross he done, his bodily resurrection from the dead his exaltation all that we believe all that scripturally you can see it i don't know if you can just go through them a little bit virgin birth very very Simplistic, very basic, but very solid. Another tenet of faith, we believe the fall of mankind. Okay. We can move on to that one. Mankind was created good and upright. For God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Of course, it says, however, man by voluntary transgression fell and thereby incurred not only physical death, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God, the fall of mankind. People want to sponge that away, but it, it cannot be. Then obviously we believe the fifth one will be the salvation of man's. Man's only hope of redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, the son of God. All this stuff is becoming um, under attack. That's why we have to just make it plain and simple to everybody here. And then you have to do what you have to do. Titus 2.12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Which is what we're trying to do. Okay. Uh, the next one, the ordinances of the church, nothing new here, same as it always been for 25 years, baptism, baptism in water, we have that at least twice a year, here, communion, we have that a number of times a year, so those are what we call the ordinances, the Lord's Supper, you find in 1 Corinthians 11, we'll read it to you all the time, Every time before we take communion, the body being represented by the bread, the blood being represented by the juice. That's a holy tenet what we believe. Seventh one, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All believers are entitled to and should ardently expect and earnestly seek the promise of being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Being filled with the Godhead third godhead of the the trinity, the dunamos the dynamite of God, God the Holy Ghost with it comes endowment of power for life and service, more than I believe that we understand the ability that I can walk 40 years in Christ steadfast and faithful isn't because I'm something I believe it's because the spirit of God God the Holy Ghost inside of me does more than we ever think believe. Lots of scriptures for that. Luke, we'll just read it. Okay, just one of these. Okay, just pick one. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he. So I think it's very simple. Number eight, I believe the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is witnessed by the physical sign of speaking in tongues. There's many other signs, an unbelievable love, compassion for the lost. I believe that this is the initial evidence, of speaking. All through Acts, many scriptures in Acts. And there's even one right there for you and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. We believe that this is important. This one has always been under attack as long as I've been a Christian. Number nine, trying obviously not to spend too much time, but I don't think any of this should be a shock to you. Sanctification, separation from the world. This is, in fact, to, tonight's message is going to have a lot to do with this. I believe God is purging His church for years, forty years of my my life being saved. I'd be like, but God, it's so confusing when you look at the church. Well, it's not going to be. God's had enough, and His bride, He wants to wash His bride, and it's going to be obvious. And so, sanctification. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 this is the reason for it we believe in it honestly the church has gotten away from this we all look kind of blurred like everybody world does this we do the same thing world does that we do the same thing world says this is a fad I want one so it's we are to be different. Tenth one's the church. Church is the body of Christ, the habitation of God through the spirit with divine appointments for the fulfillment of our great commission, which is another thing we forgot, the great commission. There it is. Each believer born of the spirit, integral part to church. Church has tons of problems, but when you're in a big problem, to me, there's nothing like the church. Nothing like the people of God gathering around you, rallying around you, weeping with you, crying with you, praying with you, whatever it is. leaven's a ministry, divinely called, and scripturally <coughs> ordained. A ministry has been provided by our Lord. To full purpose is evangelization of the world. Evangelization—we're not doing that too good. We're really bad at that. Edifying of the body of Christ, building you up. You forgot about this morning, you'd be coming here to hear the word of God. I got to hear, it, I got to need this, and it builds you up. And you, that's why we have all recalls, kind of confirming. You come down and make that commitment to God. Yes, Lord, thank you, God. I got to hear this this morning. It's the edifying, speaking to the people of God, like the, the gas station when you're about on empty. Come and get filled up. The other purpose is the evangelizing of the world which we've gotten away from. Number 12, divine healing. The farther we get away from God, the less we see this. Okay, This is an integral part of the gospel. God used this us mightily. I believe it. I believe it, I believe it. I tell God all the time, Lord, I'll believe this. If I never actually see something fantastic, Lord, I don't care, I believe it. I believe it, I see it in the word of God, I believe it. So it's in our faith, tenets of faith. 13, we have this written on our pulpit. He's the blessed hope. Uh, there is reason to hope, even with what's going on. I believe the church is going to get woken up. Not only woken up, it's going to be cleaned off. And it's going to start to shine with the light and have the salt that God has intended us to have We've been vexed soul. We've been mixed with the world for a long time, making no impact. And God is now stepping in to separate us. Someone said, what are you going to do? What would you do? What would you do if they force you? I know it's easy to say now, but go to jail again. What are they going to do if you come? Uh, so we'll walk away and give it back to the bank. So I'll meet you in my yard. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I'm not saying, you like me. I'm saying, I still tell God, God, you, you do it. Make me say it. Okay. And then 14, this is one Jennifer's going to read. We're going to take our time and read this one because this is a hot topic. Right now, in our nation, that's marriage, God ordained.
1: Okay, so this is number fourteen: marriage, gender, and sexuality. It states, "Marriage is God ordained. Marriage is to be an exclusive relationship, a lifelong, faithful union between a man and a woman. This relationship between a husband and wife should parallel the relationship between Christ and the church." So, if we could have those scriptures up, Matthew nineteen four through five. And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So we'll move on. We believe that God wonderfully and immutably creates each person as male or female. These two distinct complementary genders together reflect the image and nature of God. The scripture references Genesis 1 26 and 27 which you see on the screen and God said let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth rejection of one's biological sex is a rejection of the image of God within that person we believe that the term marriage has only one meaning the uniting of one man and one woman in a single exclusive union as delineated in scripture Scripture reference is Genesis two, eighteen through twenty-five. For the sake of time, we'll just let you glance at that. We believe that God intends sexual intimacy to occur only between a man and a woman who are married to each other. Scripture references there are a few, but we'll read 1 Corinthians six, eighteen. Flee fornication, every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. We believe that God has commanded that no intimate sexual activity be engaged in outside of a marriage between a man and a woman. We believe that any form of sexual immorality, including adultery, fornication, homosexual behavior, bisexual conduct, bestiality, incest, and use of pornography, is sinful and offensive to God. We have two scripture references, but I'll read the first, Matthew fifteen eighteen, 18 through 20. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. We believe that in order to preserve the function and integrity of New Hopeful Gospel Church as the local body of Christ, and to provide a biblical role model to the n- to New Hope Church members in the community, it is imperative that all persons employed by New Hope Church in any capacity or who serve as volunteers or, and or members agree to and abide by the statement on marriage, gender, and sexuality. And we do have some scripture references there as well. We believe that God offers redemption and restoration to all who confess and forsake their sin, seeking his mercy and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Scripture reference. Acts thirteen nineteen through 21, which we can read. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come for the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive unto the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. We believe that every person must be afforded compassion, love, kindness, respect, and dignity. There are some scripture references there. Hateful and harassing behavior or attitudes directed toward any individual are to be repudiated and are not in accord with scripture nor the doctrines of New Hope Church.
0: Okay, so we've tried to tighten the screws on, on that a little bit, uh, just because the way things are going, uh, but reading that pedophiles now are pushing for a bill to have equal rights. So it, it's it's not gonna stop. Uh, we're not pointing out one group and we hate them. No, it's, that's not that at all. It's about what they're telling us we can do across God's pulpit. And that's where we, we can't cross that line. We just cannot. So that's why we're trying to take extra uh, time on certain uh, tenets of faith. Um, where are we at now? 15? Final judgment, Uh, this is one that I wouldn't mind not believing in, (laughs) understand, but why would I try to convince you that's not true? Let's just be honest, and there it is. There's a final judgment. No, it's all, the Bible says everyone's gonna die, but that's not the end, there's a judgment. And it's just the truth. There'll be a final judgment in which the wicked dead will be raised and judged according to their works. Whoever's not found written in the book of life The book that they want to change the book of life together with the devil and his angels and uh, the beast and the false prophet will be consigned to everlasting punishment in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death scripture's up there so it's up there it's like to me baked beans livered onions i wish it wasn't there i don't want to eat it but i don't want to go there either and i'm not going to deny that it's not true so there it is that's one also, number 16, this is the one I'm excited about. It's going to be a new heaven and new earth. Okay, we always are excited for the good ones and the bad ones we want to not believe. But we, uh, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, which dwell, wherein dwelleth righteousness. No need for the sun, no need for light bulbs, no need for nothing, because the S-O-N is going to be the light what a day that will be, right, when we just yeah. forget about this stuff, throw these papers away, just embrace them, fall at his feet, sing forever the glorious praises of God. Okay, Jennifer's going to read the sanctity of life now.
1: We believe that all human life is sacred and created by God in his image. Human life is of inestimable worth, and in all of its dimensions, including preborn babies, the aged, the physically or mentally challenged, and every other stage or condition from conception through natural death, we are therefore called to defend, protect, and value all human life. And the scripture reference for that is Psalm 139. There are many, um, yeah, there are many verses there, so we won't read that. So uh, we'll we'll move on to the facility use policy. And let me just, again, reiterate the policies that we've read, the tenets of faith that we've read so far, those have been in existence since the founding of the church. Those are available. We have them in hard copy form um, at the office. You can request those. I'll give you information on how you can get those. And they're also on the website, as you were shown earlier today. The the facility use policy will read this. This policy has been in existence since the opening of the fellowship hall. The facility's policy attempts to provide guidelines for the stewardship of the church facility. The church facility includes the property owned by the church located at East Pike in Zanesville, Ohio, as well as the buildings, parking lots, fields, vehicles, and related equipment. The purpose of this document is to define how the facility is used and to preserve the assets to the maximum extent possible. The church's facilities were provided through God's benevolence and by the sacrificial generosity of church members. The church desires that its facilities be used for the fellowship of the body of Christ and to bring God glory. Facility use is restricted. This is the new part. Facility use is restricted to church members. It will not be permitted to persons or groups holding, advancing, or advocating beliefs or practices that conflict with the church's faith or moral teachings, which are summarized in, among other places, the church tenets of faith and policy, nor may church facilities be used for activities that contradict or are deemed inconsistent with the church's faith or moral teachings. The pastor or his official designee is the final decision maker concerning use of church facilities. And here's the why. The restricted facility use policy is necessary for two important reasons. First, the church may not in good conscience materially cooperate in activities or beliefs that are contrary to its faith. Allowing its facilities to be used for purposes that contradict the church's beliefs would be material cooperation with that activity and would be a grave violation of the church's faith and religious practice. So if we could have the scripture references, 2 Corinthians 6:14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship have, hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness? And then we have 1 Thessalonians 5:22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Second reason, it is very important that the church present a consistent message to the community and that the church staff and members conscientiously maintain that message as part of their witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Allowing facilities to be used by groups or persons who express beliefs or engage in practices contrary to the church's faith would have a severe negative impact on the message that the church strives to promote. It could also cause confusion and scandal to church members and the community because they may reasonably perceive that by allowing use of our facilities, the church agrees with the beliefs or practices of the person or groups using its facilities. Therefore, In no event shall persons or groups who hold, advance, or advocate beliefs, or advance, advocate, or engage in practices that contradict the church's faith use in any church facility, nor may church facilities be used in any way that contradicts the church's faith. This policy applies to all church facilities, regardless of whether the facilities are connected to the church's sanctuary because the church sees all of its property as holy and set apart to worship God. Scripture reference is Colossians three, seventeen, which reads, And whatsoever ye de- do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him.
0: Amen. Listen, remember when God wrote on the wall, many, many typically parsons." Remember that? Why did he write that? They were using the temple... And the instruments of the temple for ungodly use. And God said, You know what? I've had it. And he wrote it. And we can't let that can't let that go on. So I, I hope you're understanding the reasoning for this. It's always been there. We want the facilities that God has given us to bless you and your family and to use it for weddings and graduations or or, or whatever. But it just cannot no longer be an open door policy because of what's going on in our
1: nation? I I do get questions periodically about how how do I go about renting the facility? What does that look like? What does that cost? So I will have um, the policy with all of that information. There's more than just what I read. There's the details of it. We'll have some copies that will be left out in the information center if anybody ever wants to stop and look at them. Or you can stop me or you can email me or stop at the office Fridays and we can discuss that. So now we're moving on to the church membership agreement, which this is the new part of the policy for today. And you'll find on the website, if you read the tenets of Faith and then you click on the area that says Church Membership, this is the form that will open up. And it does have a statement on there that says you first need to read the tenets of Faith and agree to abide by, adhere to, and live by those tenets of Faith before you sign the church membership. So we'll read this membership agreement. Let me let me just state that this agreement can be signed by any individual who would like to become a member as long as you are 18 and older, okay? Are we ready? So I'll go ahead with the membership agreement and it says in the beginning, we believe that to carry on the religious mission of the church, to preserve the function and integrity of the church as the local body of Christ, and to provide a biblical role model to the church members in the community, it is imperative that all persons who associate with the church as members should abide by and agree to the following statements and conduct themselves in accordance with them. So do we have that information for the screens? Okay, so part A that you would initial, it's in relation to the statements and tenets of faith that we just read. And it says, the statement of faith does not exhaust the extent of our beliefs. We believe the Bible itself as the inspired and infallible word of God that speaks with final authority concerning truth, morality, and the proper conduct of mankind is the sole and final source of all that we believe. I have read and agree to abide by, adhere to, and live by the tenets of faith as expressed by New Hopeful Gospel Church. And you'll see on the form, you will actually initial you and your spouse. And then we'll move on to Part B, the statement on marriage, gender, and sexuality, which I actually just read, so we won't take the time to reread that, but you would also read that and agree to that statement and initial. C, statement on church discipline. And again, this policy has been in existence since the founding of the church, but I'll read it. The threefold purpose of church discipline is to glorify God by maintaining purity in the local church. So we have a scripture reference up there, 1 Corinthians 5, 6. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump to edify believers by deterring sin and promoting purity. And there are some more scriptures there. Um, and to promote the spiritual welfare of the offending believer by calling him or her to return to a biblical standard of doctrine and conduct. And we also have a scripture reference, Galatians 6, 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. The Lord Jesus Christ has entrusted the local church with the authority and the responsibility to discipline members for flagrant sin or serious doctrinal error with the goal of the restoration of the offender. This discipline is entrusted to the pastor and or his official designees and is to follow the biblical pattern as set forth in Matthew 18:15 through 20. And there are many scripture references for that, which you'll see on the screen. Any member of this church who practices or affirms a doctrine or conduct that, in the judgment of the pastor and or his official designees, is opposed to the teaching of the word of God or is threatening to the testimony of this church or is divisive to the body shall be subject to church discipline. Discipline will follow the said biblical biblical pattern and is an effort to bring the individual to repentance and protect the church from unrepentant sin. Discipline may involve exclusion from participation in ministry as well as dismissal from the fellowship of this church. An individual may be disciplined by the pastor and or his official designee short of dismissal from the fellowship as they deem appropriate for the specific circumstance. For example, an individual may remain in certain circumstances a member of this church but be denied the privilege of serving in a particular ministry the pastor, and or his official designees, as is required by scripture, may report to the congregation the names of those who have lost membership by reason of church discipline and the reason for that discipline as described in Matthew 18:15 through 20. And do we have that? Yes. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother." But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee two, one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven." And again, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that thou shalt ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. D, statement on life, which we previously read that. You would initial there as well. And lastly, E, the statement of final authority on matters of faith and conduct. And it reads, the statement of faith does not exhaust the extent of our beliefs. The Bible itself, as the inspired and infallible word of God that speaks with final authority concerning truth, morality, and the proper conduct of mankind, is the sole and final source of all that we believe. For purposes of New Hopeful Gospel Church's faith, doctrine, practice, policy, and discipline, our pastor and or his official designees is our New Hope's final interpretive authority on the Bible's meaning and application. And you and your spouse would initial there. The last page is where you would sign your agreement, and it states, I have reviewed the statements above as indicated by my initials before each of them and agree to be governed by all the provisions herein. And there's a a space for you to sign and spouse. Now, I I will say that um, you can request a copy of the tenets of Faith, any of this information that we've read today. Uh, you can do that via email if you want an e-copy. You would just email info at and we can send you the whole of it for you to read, to keep. We will have a few hard copies. We're not going to print out many hard copies. It's a lot of information. Um, so we'll have a few out there at the Information Center if you would like to take a hard copy packet. And then, of course, we've stated it's on the church website, so you are free to look at the church website as well. If you decide that you would like to sign a membership form, you can again um, request that by emailing info at newhopefulgospel.com, or you can sign it via the church website. If you want to email the information back to us, you can do that. You would just want to scan or sign, then scan and email the information back to us, the signed form. Or if you want to request a hard copy, we can give you a hard copy, and you can sign the hard copy. You can give it to myself, you can give it to Teresa Rosser on the front pew, or you can drop it at the information center, and we can get it that way.
0: Okay? Now, uh, maybe you're already wanting to sign. Do we have any of those ready also? Okay, so if you're like, I'm in. And And I personally would hope so. Um, I know that we don't like putting our names on things that mean commitment, but I believe that you should uh, be stepping up as a church. Um, The sole purpose, again, just to put it in a little nutshell, is really and honestly is to protect our facilities that you have helped with and also to protect the pastor or pastors who are after me our only, like I said, about our only little card that we have to play so we can continue to preach the gospel. We do encourage you to email or call. I believe it's on the New Hope, New Hope uh, what's that page called where your members, you can go to that page on Facebook. Yeah. It's on the New there, Hope right?
1: Facebook page.
0: It's on the Facebook mm-hmm. page, the email or the phone number to call. It even states in the bulletin if you call what you actually can say to the person, right? If they pick up the phone, because you're like, what do I say Right there, just have the bulletin and read it. That will encourage them to pass the Pastors Protection Act, which has to do with the entire state of Ohio. Uh,
1: can I just add, I, I would say if, if you need help with that, you can let me know. I already emailed my statement. So if you want to just make it easy and copy that statement, you can, I can send it to you. But it, you're actually emailing or phoning our state speaker of the house.
0: Right. So. Just again, got your attention for a little bit longer, same page, if you wanna be a member, then you will have the right to use the facilities for your weddings and graduations. Outside of that, I'm gonna have to say no. At that time, if you're like, you know, I'm with you, I'm gonna sign, I'll sign now, okay. But I'll have to say no. Because once I say yes to someone that's outside the membership, then the floodgates are open. And there is a militant agenda. It has nothing to do with what I really want to. No, there's a militant agenda that's gonna try to force our hand. I particularly thought that what we're doing now would be the generation behind me. I did not think it would be in my generation. I thought I was plenty old. (laughs) So apparently I'm not. So that's kind of where we're at. We cannot open it up for questions. We'll be here till next Sunday. Um, <laughs> we're, we're telling you this is how we faced New Hope 25 years ago. Nothing's really changed other than you have to step up to sign. Now, is there anybody that's like, hey, I'm signing now. Do yeah. we want to show of hands? I'll pass oh, these. I kept telling my wife, don't worry if there's only five. <laughs> there was a lot, do we have a lot?
1: Yes, we have them right here. Do you want to pass them out? Yes. Do, can we have the ushers? ushers. Help.
0: Some ushers, to, we can even run off if we fall short. While you're here, let's get it going. Yeah, keep your paws up so we can see. Yes, one one per couple husband and wife must sign separately.